We're live? We're live. Can you let the entry music come in? Wait. We're literally recording the web. We're we're recording the podcast. This is it. I'm not editing it. Spent all this time. I wish you could just hear this. The the pump up from from this Shrexophone. It's just incredible. All right, welcome to today's product safety broadcasting session. I'll be your host, Keith, with my good pal, my best buddy and friend, Jared Fry. Hey guys, what's up? Hey Keith. Welcome, Jared. Very excited about today. I love that pump up music, man. Oh man, that's just. I am just. If I knew how to rave, product safety more than nothing screams that more than a saxophone. Saxophone. Yeah. So let's get started with today's uh, BS, if you will. Uh, I think we always start with our little waiver of liability saying we're just two dudes sitting in our respective kids' bedrooms because other people in the households are on conference calls and we decide to record <laughs> ourselves talking about product safety and we're I not am surrounded by stuffed animals. Yeah, I, My I, dog I totally get it. Dude, how's yeah. Foxley doing? He's good. He's got his head buried under some pillows right now and underneath and Anna and Elsa blanket. So he is just loving life he's, right he's now. He's in his best life. Well, I think we should say that we're just two dudes voicing our opinions without any respect or representation to, I think we have respect. Well, I, I messed up. I was say, speak for yourself. I, show I some have respect. tons of respect. That was the wrong word. Representation. No, no, no affiliations here. No professional yeah. affiliations. Nothing. You know, we're just acting as independents here, giving our opinions. Absolutely. And if, if everybody can get down with that, then get down with us on today's BS. Jared, that's, what's the topic of today? Yes. Well, before we jump into that, I just got to say, Keith, your voice sounds so smooth. Dude, we've really upgraded the budget here at the PSBS, and uh, yeah, you've got some new toys. New toys to play with. Huh? I, I love the new toys, man. It's it's all about high fidelity. It's that quality to your end consumer. That for our moms who are going to listen to this on on episode one to two to three to whatever four or five four I think we're on now, they're just gonna be like, "You guys had such a light year change." And step four <laughs> is just incredible. No one will notice. Uh, now we're in the big. Now we're in the big leagues. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's exactly what this industry needed, as we've said, was a very competitive, non-competitive marketplace for product safety. We're BS. filling a gap. We're filling a gap. There is no product safety broadcasting session out there. No product safety podcast. We we got a cover. Yeah, we'll talk anything. And today, I think we're specifically going to talk about um, some some e-commerce uh, situations we've come across in our personal lives. Yeah. So Jared. Yeah, it's a, it's a, so I can give a little background and, and we'll see where the topic goes, right? We're just out here BS, but you know, holiday seasons are coming upon us. And, uh, as some background, I get into, in my mailbox, um, a catalog from Amazon, which I know Amazon has been doing the, the physical paper catalogs, you know, kind of replicate the, the Sears catalogs that we would have back in the day. And uh, this particular time, I was fortunate enough to get the mail before my wife because my wife always sees these things and just thrashes them. And she knows that I will, like, take them and dissect them, like, look at it and kind of spend, like, 45 minutes playing around with with junk mail. Um, So that's exactly what I did because I got to it before she was able to throw it out. So I'm looking through the, the Amazon catalog. And the one thing I, I look for is um, 
were there any warnings in there? Because I remember, you know, back in the day when I would look at catalogs, they would have, they would do the warnings in a weird way. I don't know if you remember this, Keith. Uh, I, at least I always found it interesting. Each, each listing, each product listing would have like a code, like A, B, C, D, and that would correspond to a warning, which then you flip to the back of the catalog and all the warnings were there. Let's say like A means, you know, small parts, not for kids under 36 months. B means, yeah, you know, warning, small ball. C means strong magnets, whatever. Yeah, it so was the menu, through. right? You had what, what was your vegetarian options? What was your spicy option? And you knew what you had right in front of you. It was really yeah, simple. exactly. But, yeah. you know, and I always felt like that was interesting because it was kind of, you really have to work for it as a consumer. And the only people I think who ever did were people like you and me that would, you know, find interest in this. But I'm looking at the Amazon catalog and I don't see any of that. I don't see any warnings anywhere. And I'm like, how's, how's this possible? Right. How's this? And then I look closer and the Amazon catalog is not, doesn't give any prices. You can't actually order right from the catalog. It's more of just like advertising the merchandise and the sales that they have on their website. So, so I said, that's fine. But uh, I noticed each page has a QR code on it. So I scanned the QR code and this is where it got interesting for me. I scanned the QR code um, and each page, you know, maybe has like, you know, five, six, seven different items on there. When you scan the QR code, it takes you to the Amazon listing of, of that page of the catalog. And it'll have maybe the like five, six, seven items on that page in a summary. And then you can have, and it has a button that says, you know, add to cart or like purchase now or something. Um, but it, it shows up in like a pop-up window. So you don't actually, I guess what I'm saying is you don't actually have to go to the listing for that product and you can put it right in your cart and check out. And that to me raised the concern because again, thinking of the warnings, these warnings have to be visible at point of purchase. And you know, you can look in the regulation and they say, uh, even on e-commerce sites or sold on, you know, online retail, you have to have that warning statement in there. Um, but this, you could, you could go through and purchase and have it sent to your house without ever once landing on the, the page of the listing on Amazon. So I found that to be an interesting loophole. And, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if, if they might recognize this and try to close out that, that gap. I wonder too, as you bring this up, I, uh, there's different types of warnings and obviously there's different types of products out there. I'm trying to recall if I've seen like Prop 65 warnings on on things and websites differently than I have maybe children's products. I, yeah, that's another good one. I feel like Prop 65 is just so recent and so it feels like so much better funded or like so different that like I don't know, I pay attention to it. I think so much of us are just benign to warning choking hazard, warning suffocation hazard, but like a big white tag on your couch that says prop 65 in black letters, like at a three by five index card. And it's like <laughs> causes cancer. And you're just yeah. like, like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, it's funny you say that I've had family members, you know, reach out to me and, and ask about that. Like oh, I was buying shoes and it says these shoes can cause birth defects. What's that about? I'm not wearing shoes ever again. It's like, <laughs> yeah. but, but to, to my point, not to get on a tangent, cause we totally will with this topic. Um, yeah. Like the intent of at the point of purchase, having a warning, you finding a loophole, uh, me not knowing the difference between all these different standards. And if it's the same point of purchase type of requirement, depending on your at risk population and what you're warning against, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, 
I, I just wonder, you know, is is there a different in ex, difference in expectation and execution across, you know, the same industry on different levels of products? Yeah. Sounds like there's. And, and I mean, you know, it's. I think it's a, a space that that it's new, right? I mean, e-commerce is in the grand scheme of things a new. Oh yeah, uh, it's a new thing, and especially since COVID hit, oh yeah, has been such a, a huge demand and. Um, I, even these like Amazon paper catalogs and, and even like other retailers, Walmart has their uh, catalogs that will take you right to their site that you can purchase things. I think target has similar. So, you know, it's, it is fairly new. Um, so yeah, I I don't know if it's been something that's been discussed or considered, but But I, I, I will say I was, I was surprised that I could put things into my cart and purchase them without once even landing onto the the listing page. And obviously that's, that's a, a real life example that happened to you. But I think for other situations is, you know, holidays are coming, as you said, and we've, you know, you and I are both kind of in that same age bracket of our, our friends or our siblings are having kids of similar ages, um, cousins, whatever. And it's like, okay, they're kind of in the same age bracket. So you're getting kind of the same toys at the same time. And everybody wants these, you know, box subscription platforms. Everybody wants these, um, you know, trendy toys from, you know, hit television shows or comics or whatever you want to call them. There's a bunch of examples out there. I know in the last few weeks, especially that, you know, I've gone to do some shopping and gift giving. And it's, to me, it's, it's kind of confusing as to what you're actually buying and maybe what's, uh, Jared, you're laughing. What are you laughing about? I hope it's not laughing. That's the Roomba running in the background. <laughs> oh man, I think that's time for a a, a rim shot. <laughs> oh. I, I heard it. I was scrambling at the mute button. No, it's all um, good. I uh, it's just it's just the joys of working from home, man. Joys of working from home, but hey, we've got this high quality podcasting system now that we can. I'm sure you can uh, play, that, a, right? you play, a, play a sad trombone is what I just did. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, we're talking about purchasing things online and gift giving and, and for, for, I don't know about your family, but the, the classic target situation of like you walk into target needing two things and you walk out with 400. Um, it's the same way for online points of purchase. And I think not just picking on one e-commerce platform, but looking at a few things, um, I really think these warnings, there's an opportunity to put these warnings at the point of purchase that are a little bit educationally based or a little bit more direct to what you're doing. And, you know, if you're buying something at some of these platform sites, they typically know the name of your kid and like the age because they recommend to you what's appropriate or not appropriate. For some of those people out there that might be listening of the six of you that I think you might be in, uh, you know, you, you buy something on uh, um online for your car and you like plug your car statistics in or your information. And it's like, Oh, this will fit your 2013 Pontiac vibe. Perfectly fine. It like knows your car. Some of these things know your kids based off of their age and what their interests are, like the size of the clothing you purchased for them last time. And, Oh, you should get a bigger size this time. Why, why, why can't we take that level of ingenuity and innovation? And I think apply it towards, some more educational platforms or warning platforms that are a little bit clearer as to what the consumer might be purchasing and what they might be getting in return. I think one of the ones that I, I, mean, I try to bring in here, Jerry, that's, really cool, that's a really, really good and cool and innovative uh, thought that you had there um, because, because, you know, all these companies, they data analytics is just huge. It is 
what I'm getting at. And, and they use this for like R and D and for new product development and for understanding consumers' interests and desires and wants. It, it's become a second tier commodity. You know, they're selling yeah, the product, so, but they're also but, selling the. But it's like, can we leverage those same expertise for safety purposes? And I mean, there's definitely areas where it could help. I think one of the examples you brought up in the three thirty five seconds of prep that we did for this, um, I started talking about Target earlier because you know we 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 are Target shoppers and it's convenient to use their app and find things. But when you look at different online catalogs to buy gifts or to find, you know, products, you know, around this time of year, it's toys. Um, you, you noticed a bucketing concern with like how they break up their ages of, you know, is this based yeah. off of child development or just like somebody randomly put in ages? Cause in this particular one, you know, I don't know, but I see a lot, I see across a number of the online selling platforms where when you look at the toys and I think everyone knows pretty common knowledge that three years is the main cutoff under yep. three years cannot have small parts above three years. It's okay but they bucket the toys you can search by age. And usually there's, in all the platforms I've seen, there's a two to four year age bucket, which is really tricky because, you know, the two to three year olds can have small parts, three to four, you can. Um, so how do you prevent a consumer getting a, a toy with a small part for a kid that's and maybe only- getting a small part. And quite frankly, yeah. if you're buying on some of those platforms that collect all this user data anyway, you know, I don't necessarily want them knowing more about my kids than they have to, but if they know that I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, like there, there's an opportunity here that could say, hey, give this to this guy, like, but not the other like guy. Clippy, Clippy, the paper clip. Oh, God, bring Clippy like, back. Hey, yeah. I just, know you've just got totally a bring Clippy back. This is going to be fantastic. This is time where I, I push the laughter button. So we have this, <laughs> this laughter. This is great. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think there is an opportunity that exists there. Um, but you know, with COVID, this there's, became there's super... also a difference in, I'll just make the comment, the, the warnings on the different platforms, there is a wide variety of oh, how very wide breadth of interpretation here. This, <laughs> uh, so, some of, some of those warnings are, you know, right at the top, you can see it in red. Some of them, you've got to scroll down like three quarters of the way down the page, past all the advertisements. And like, you might also like this. Uh, before you can get you, to the You might warnings. also like this, but how about the fact that, you know, at least where we live right now, the population has changed and there's two very dominant languages used here. So why is everything always in English? Why, like, it doesn't cost you anything to add a line of, you know, French and Spanish on, on the warning section. Like, come on, warnings. it's not like... It, we're not well, that's printing a good point. A you know, book. translation too. Translations of warnings it, it carries safety information. You know, should that be in, uh, you know, all the different languages? Maybe, maybe it's the default language of of my browser. So I don't know, given the benefit of the doubt, but I, you know, I would hope that there's a way that that's li- listed in the native language of the consumer. Yeah. Well, I know, I know, there's a lot of cautionary statement guidance um, that different, you know let's say third party marketplaces have in terms of what their sellers should and shouldn't do or how they should conduct themselves. But I think that the general construct to what your point is, Jared, is I think we need to be specific and detailed enough and obvious enough. Like it'd be great if the formatting of the page was the same. If everything always looked the same, you knew where to find your warnings. I mean, can you imagine if like, if we take it out of industry also in safety, can you imagine if you went into a chem lab and you're looking at SDS sheets and they were just formatted differently every time? You're like, 
is this flammable or is this not like what page is that on like you know and for this it's like come on just slap the warning right here where it's obvious the same point every single time um and, yeah. and maybe be does a little this, bit does this need any labeling by the clp i just need to know that right up front i i, I think it's really important though to not just say warning choking hazard not for children under three years can we get one more sentence toy contains a marble toy contains a magnet like why can't we emphasize the little bit of descriptor that's necessary for a, like a parent or caregiver to walk away going, Oh, it's not just some stupid small parts thing that nobody pays attention to. It's because the marble is the issue. Like we've evolved, right? We've learned from these things. Let's, I think we should have some consistency in, in our online. Uh, yeah. No, hey, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, in the, you know, we're talking about toys in the toy standard, there's obviously standardization around how the label is, the sizes, the colors, the, the logos, um, even outside of the toy industry, there's, there's guidelines like the, uh, ANSI, uh, guideline on, on warning on labels and warning information. And they have, you know, defining when you should use what, which signal word, warning, caution, or danger, um, and, and how to structure the warnings, right? I think we actually talked about that once. So there is some standardization across uh, industries well, on the warnings. But yeah, that's a good point because you don't really see it on e-commerce. You see it done in, right. uh, in a way that's up to each uh, each retailer. Right. Yeah, I think it's... It's, and, it's and like uh, you know, to that point, um, com- I think just commerce in general, you know, you could look back 10, 15 years ago and it was, you go to the brick and mortar store, you, you look for the item, you buy it and you're good. So, you know, labeling stuff on the packaging solves that you can have all the information you need at the point of sale. But I mean, today's day and age, there's, there's e-commerce, but there's even more ways to, to do commerce. And, uh, you know, a popular one today is these at home subscription boxes yep. where you'll get, you know, the latest snacks and the, you know, the latest, uh, toys or, you know, whatever the latest apparel that comes right to your doorstep. And you don't know, I mean, the nature of the subscription boxes is it's, it's kind of a surprise. You don't know what's coming. Yeah, That's part of the fun. So, if, but if you're getting, uh, you know, a subscription box and, and you don't know what it is and, and it, you, you get it to your doorstep. It's already in your possession. And that's the first time you're reading these yeah, warning the labels. Time. You don't at that point have the decision of whether or not to purchase. You've already purchased it. So now well, you're stuck with this toy that maybe has small parts or maybe this, you know, chocolate bar that has peanuts in it and you have a peanut allergy. Um, you know, there's that, that information is not captured is that information is not shared with the consumer until they have it in their house. Yeah. And I feel like that's a gap that, you know, it's just a new way of doing business uh, in, in today's day and age and, and that, that we need to address. Some of the same thing can be said too to these other innovations that I think are coming out there with, I don't know if you want to call them like guest shoppers. I call them like you're too busy so you buy a service that's from Etsy or you know, I've seen some people on Facebook Marketplace advertising this where it's like, if you're too busy for the holidays – you know, let me know what you need and I'll go buy all the stuff for you and shopping. wrap it up. Yeah. And it's like, what, what oh, do you yeah. know? Like that's a, again, that's a huge way like, that consumers like, lives are changing. That's a huge way that commerce has changed. And I think the other thing too, and I, I just noticed this and I'm, I'm going to pick on preschools a little bit. It's like a lot of, a lot of teachers have the opportunity to use, you know, um, like donor platforms or to use a discount to go get supplies or things for their classrooms. You know, if you're in a preschool setting, you know, pre-K, 
you know, three-year-old preschool, you know, maybe, although it might be, you know, I, I don't know, selling balloons, selling things like bouncy balls <laughs> and glitters and, you know, kazoos, yeah, like all those little, like little 10 cent toys. And like, maybe let's yeah. not put that in the party pack for like, how many kids are in your preschool class? 27. How many packages do you want to buy? 27. Confirm yeah. that this is what you want to have in there. And you're like firecrackers, you know, it's like, right. You know, the same thing for food. Like pre they pre bundle food now, right? There's no longer like any school that I know. Can you as like Mr. Fry come in with, Hey kids, I made brownies for the snack today. And it's like, no, that has <laughs> yeah. an allergen and that's disgusting. There's no such thing as, Hey, you can't bring in perfectly spherical macadamia nuts covered in chocolate for the dessert portion, you know? It's like all that stuff I think can be, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's good points. Like the, the, not the mystery shop or what you call it, you know, like like the pre-pack stuff. Like it's, yeah, it's the convenience. Well, well, I was thinking even like in the grocery stores or like, you know, Hey, I'll run your, you know, I'll run your errands for you. Cause they're buying for you, but you, again, as the consumer don't get that information until, you know, it's in your possession at home potentially. Yeah. And, and those people, you know, whether it's, the, you know, the, the discount suppliers that bundle things or, you know, the, the mystery shoppers, they're not buying, you are not buying it. You're not making the decision and they're not making a decision on your behalf because they might not know, you know, what age your kids are or what your risk profile is and what allergens you have. So, um, definitely, definitely a risk there. Yeah. And, and it's a hard one because how, I mean, it's a flaw and I feel like we're, you're, you know, we're kind of pointing it out. Not that we necessarily have a, a solution. Like how how do you know that the the shopper at Whole Foods is not going to buy something that you're allergic to? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's hard. But uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's interesting just the way that commerce has evolved and the way that consumers lives have changed uh the pandemic obviously being a huge factor of that but yeah. just even uh, increases in technology yeah but again it all comes down to user data that's the second tier commodity that that's driving so many things yeah. you know facebook not to name names but just like those types of social media platforms know so much about us and everything else is just going to follow suit in some shape or form. And it'd be great to, you know, put a quarter of a percent of effort towards the safety factor. That's likely something that would help, uh, you know, make some big changes to at least the topics we've talked about today. And I'm sure there's others. Well, well, actually, actually, uh, I have a, I have a funny story I can share about in the same topic, but, uh, sort of unrelated, um, on e-commerce. Okay. And just some of the challenges that are faced yeah. by e-commerce. So this was on, yeah. uh, I had seen records of, of a child uh, choke or a product that had caught a choke, caused a choking fatality sure. in one kid and uh, an, a near fatal incident in, a, in another child. And is so this recent, Jared? Was this a recent situation? Like last two, it three years? It was pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty, I mean, okay. it was, I think it was earlier this year, maybe last year. Okay. Uh, and, and just from a research and, curiosity perspective um i went to see if i could get my hands on it now granted the product had not been recalled at this time but obviously i was able to find out through internet 
that that these incidents had happened. So I couldn't find it anywhere, couldn't buy it anywhere. But then I thought to check on eBay. And I, I don't want to bash on any companies here, but I, I was able to find it on eBay. And I went to buy it. But here's where it gets funny. I, uh, I don't have an eBay account, so I had to make one for this. So I make the account, then I go to buy it. And it won't let me check out, but then I get an immediate email from eBay, you know, services. And it says that due to like suspicious activity on my account, I've been suspended forever, what? indefinitely. Like I am no longer allowed to shop on eBay because I, I don't even know what I did. Um, it said I did something that violated their policies and was a, you know, a, a zero tolerance and you know, kick me off. No, what, you cannot what did use you do? Anymore. Buy something that they maybe were monitoring. Is that your thought? So okay. So at first, I was like, that would be crazy if they somehow. I mean, maybe that was it, right? That was that's what I was thinking. Like, Why maybe would that's they limit it, the purchase? I tried to buy something that they had information had killed a child, and it was a it was a choking uh, risk, a high oh, choking risk. But why limit the purchase if you can limit the listing? Yeah, I know. So, so that, that's what was odd to me. Like, why would you make me as the consumer, the user, why would you make me? Why would you ban me? I just registered. Why would you blame me? Why am I the culprit here? So, so of course what I do is my wife has an eBay account and uh, I go and use her account and uh, I was able to purchase it. Got it. Fine. No problems. No, no lifetime bans, nothing. So I don't know what the deal was, but I just thought it was so ironic that like I got banned for violating their policies when what I was trying to do was to buy like a product with a substantial product hazard in it that that one of their users was selling on their site. So, so I, you know, recently, and you, you know how it goes and, and what we like to do for research purposes is you, same type of thing. You go online, you try to buy stuff just to measure it. I can't tell you yeah. how many times in like various, you know, maybe atmospheres where you're trying to teach somebody about these things and, and to like use tools to evaluate a product and you revert back to product that caused fatalities and you like collect them and cherish them, right? Like we all have these yeah. creepy shoebox shrines of like kill the kid, kill the kid, kill the kid, really <laughs> cut the crap out of like, but it's so true. But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Like, we yeah, all have like, them. We all have all the little trinkets and toys or, that like, have caused uh, all the pain choking points, incidents right? or yeah. Somebody, somebody that um, at one point in my, in my career I, I, I worked with, uh, he had this bookshelf in his office that was just like his bookshelf of, of shame. And it wasn't necessarily his, but like stuff that the, the company had done. And, and again, they're on the up and up, but it's like just that caused a problem for manufacturing. That caused me this massive problem for button cell battery in the Wii Directive. That caused me an issue because it actually turned into a recall for something that nobody even thought of. And, you know, it, it basically he kept this wall of like shit trophies, if you will. Oh, sorry. <laughs> trophies, if you will. Like, uh, you know, you, you, you have to... he it was a remembrance for him. And it was also a tool for whenever he brought somebody new on, just to like, if you can remember these 74 right, yeah. things, you're probably going to be pretty kick at your job. And so oh, I love the beat button. It's high quality, man. High quality. <laughs> it's really good. It's it, really it's good. It's so good, man. I, you I just got to make sure you hit it. I, when you try. Yeah. Whoopsies. Oh, sorry, everybody. Um, <laughs> so, but, but, but to, to my point though, with these types of things, you go online and you can go buy pretty easily at a multitude of places where there's reselling happening, various marketplaces, various lists, yeah. various, you can go pick this stuff up. Yeah. You can go get it. No problem. 
And you know what? For years, it's like, oh, I'll never replace that one. I'll never get that back because you know that been that's been recalled. You could go get that, no problem. Like, <laughs> so I, you know, I needed to replace some things. I got some bouncy balls and some nails, and you know, some little people. Like, I just repopulated the stash. It was great. Um, but well, also, I mean, hey, pretty terrifying. Really good learning opportunities there, right? I mean, that's how you learn from your mistakes, and and you learn from the mistakes of others. I mean, whether it's a safety mechanism that failed or a product that, uh, you know, caught fire, um, the battery exploded, you know, whatever. Like, you know, like 15 years ago when LEDs finally became like attainable from a purchasing perspective and like a cost perspective, all of a sudden all like every little kid's toy had like some sort of like glowing lantern or eyeballs or, you know, chest yeah. cavity you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like an emerging trend or hazard that comes and goes. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I think there's some of the best training tools and opportunities, but it's just kind of alarming that you could just go out there and buy these things. So, um, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say as a side note, cause I think we're kind of running out of time as a side note in the toy industry. I, one of the things I love about the toy industry is that all these new innovations, technologies, sensors, functions, they come out, but nobody really knows what to do with it just yet because it's so new. So what yeah. do they do? They throw it into toys because it's like it's fun. Like yeah. you can touch this and like it makes a sound Let's or whatever. A and consumer three like, D printing base, toy. At, yeah. at its very base, it's just fun to like tinker around with for all ages. So they throw all these like new, untested, unseen yeah. sensors and capabilities yep. in the toys. Yep. Oh man. And and it's 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 just gonna continue to go digital, right? There's gonna be more and more yeah. interaction with with phones and you know and pretty uh, it's just it's just uh it's I mean, gonna be yeah. great. And and hey, it's like, you know, regulators can't keep up, right? There's no expectation. Technology oh, no. just so fast. So to sit back and say like, well, you know, there's no regulation against it, it, it doesn't always make the cut, right? No, it doesn't always make the cut, but I think that, that argument or, or that, that, that sentiment brings us into a point where we could get into an argument over all products are safe until proven hazardous or all products are hazardous until proven safe. And that, that, that's, that's, that's the, like, that's the, that's a discussion we've had many times. Yeah. Baseball. <laughs> We'll have to record it one of these times. We'll have it? to record it, and we'll have to actually prepare for two minutes to make sure we have all of our sources. But uh, I think with that, Jared, today today's been a I think a really good session. We're we're at we're at thirty minutes, so I, right. I I think we can thank everybody at this point for their attentiveness, their donorship. Uh, we could thank our sponsor. Well, who donor? Who donor? Who donated? <laughs> Nobody, dude. We don't even have oh. anything set up. What are we thinking? What are you, we're just two dudes know. sitting in our kids' bedrooms talking <laughs> yeah, on the I internet. <laughs> Toy safety. <laughs> E-commerce. <laughs> like, what are you doing, dude? Nobody donated. Oh, that's... Well, anyway, I, I find these fun. We're going to keep on doing them. And thanks for anybody so. who listens. Uh, hope you find them entertaining. Man. We'll catch you next time.